the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Wednesday, March the 11th, 2020, in the year of our Lord. Today on March 11, 2011, a magnitude 9 earthquake resulting in tsunami struck Japan's northeastern coast, killed 20,000 people, and severely damaged the Fukushima nuclear power station. We all remember that. Today in 1888, the blizzard of 88, also known as the Great White Hurricane, it began inundating the northeastern United States. 400 people died in that storm. Today in 1918, what are believed to be the first confirmed U.S. cases of a deadly global flu pandemic were reported among U.S. Army soldiers stationed at Fort, uh, Fort Riley, Kansas. 46 of them died. That would continue... There was a worldwide outbreak of influenza. It claimed an estimated 20 to 40 million lives. Started today, 1918. Today, in 1941, President Franklin D. Roosevelt signed the Lend-Lease Bill, providing war supplies to the countries fighting the Axis. Today, in 1977, more than 130 hostages held in Washington, D.C. by Muslims were freed. The ambassadors from three Islamic nations had joined the negotiations, talked them out of killing the people, and they were released today in 1977. Today, in 1985, Mikhail Gorbachev, he was chosen to succeed the late Chernyko as General Secretary of the Soviet Communist Party. And today, 10 years ago, a federal appeals court in San Francisco upheld the use of the words, under God, in the Pledge of Allegiance, and in God we trust, on our U.S. currency. Well, I think this is a good time in our history to not only uphold those words, but to start practicing. Putting ourselves under God, not over God, or in charge of God, as some on the left do. And I think we need to reaffirm to ourselves and to all of us, and I think many of you, most of you probably listening today do, In God we trust. It's a time to put our trust in God for sure. German Chancellor Angela Merkel had a press conference this morning. She warned Germany that up to 70% of the country's population, 58 million people, could contract coronavirus and probably will, she said. Not encouraging for sure particularly if you live in her country. But Ms. Merkel, she made that stark prediction at a news conference. The the German uh, health minister was standing beside her, shaking their head in agreement. Merkel said that since there was no known cure, the focus would fall on slowly uh, on slowing the spread of the virus. She said it's about winning time. Well, that, that is true because the more time, the more research can be done. Italy, as you know, Italy is in its second day of national lockdown. 
Italian Prime Minister uh, Conte, he announced the closure of schools, gyms, museums, nightclubs, and other venues across the country, including churches, which on Wednesday, today, passed 10,000 confirmed infections. Governor Inslee has been talking about this for the last couple of days in Washington State. He has been saying that he will likely declare that groups of more than 250, and that may happen today. I've been watching the news this morning just before I came on the air here live. I didn't see that he had made this announcement, but I'm told that it's it's very likely that it's going to come today, that he will declare under the power that he has as governor that groups of more than, <clears throat> excuse me, groups of more than 250 can no longer assemble as a step to control the Chinese virus. He won't call it Chinese virus, but it is, and I'm going to talk about that for a moment today because that's more than just semantics. But that's what's happening in our world today, and I have to wonder if, if indeed he does announce that groups of more than 250 can no longer assemble. I mean, why why 250? I mean, is a group of 251 more likely? I, I understand the numbers, but how do you get to that point? I mean, why small groups but not larger groups? I, I know it's the math, but it just seems odd to me that that doesn't actually accomplish a great deal. Maybe I'm missing something. In all of that, but you can expect that to come. It may not, but it probably will happen today. No question about that. Found an exit poll very interesting to me. I want to share that with you, but let me give you a word today that is absolutely true 100%. Because it is not my word, but it is the word of the Lord. Isaiah wrote a long time ago. He said, he giveth power to the faint, and to them that have no might, he increases strength. The psalmist wrote, the Lord is my rock, and my fortress, and my deliverer, my God, my strength, in whom I will trust, my buckler, and the horn of my salvation, and my high tower. Isn't it interesting and reaffirming to know that no matter what's going on in our culture, whether it's in 1918, or whether it's in 2020, or whether it's 2,000 years ago, the Word of God speaks to the moment, because it is inspired, it is, it is breathed from God Himself <clears throat> through faulty, imperfect people. But God used them to deliver His message. It is the infallible, inerrant Word of Almighty God. And that speaks to us regardless of the circumstances. It's not tailored to the circumstances. It is the Word of the Lord. It is forever and ever. The heaven and earth will pass away. God's Word will never pass away. God's Word is fixed throughout eternity and it, it, it circumscribes time. It is before time and it is after time exists. It is absolutely dependable. And I know when you see all this stuff going on around you, and there's a lot going on, and we talk about it here, and we're going to. But let's keep it in the perspective that there is a God who created the universe, and God is in control of all things, and no matter what you may be facing today, we all face this Chinese virus. But 
whatever you may be facing in your life, God is there if you're a believer. If he lives in you, if he has empowered you by by his redemption, his salvation, by your acceptance of Jesus Christ into your life and heart, that makes everything different, everything new. He giveth power to the faint. He increases our strength. You're going to make it through this. You're going to be fine. But this is not. these are not good times. There's no question about that. Not only is there fear, but there's anger in our culture today, a lot of anger. There was an exit poll made overnight, uh, last night through this morning, um, in Washington State. The Washington Democrat voters are found to be, by the way, I don't know if Bernie or, or Biden is has won. The last I saw this morning, again, I, I have some time limitations because there's prayer time and there's stuff that goes on before we do this program live. And um, they may have announced, I don't know if the uh, the election regarding Biden and, and Bernie Sanders, I, I don't know if that outcome has been published, the final outcome or not, but I didn't see it this morning when I was looking for it. But I did find this, and I, I, know I found it was very interesting. NBC did this exit poll, and they've been doing it around the country. Here's what they said, NBC, about Washington State. Washington State Democrat voters are the angriest at Donald Trump of any state in the United States. Among states that have held primaries so far, Washington voters are the angriest at President Donald Trump, NBC. The polling found 83% of Democrats in Washington feel angry at Trump and his administration. The previous high among states that have voted so far was in New Hampshire, where 79% of Democrats said they're mad, and that's what's driving their voting and their decision-making. Other states voting today are comparatively less emotional, in, uh, they said last night. In Mississippi, 49% and they're mad, are, said they're mad, and that's what's driving their decision. In Missouri, it, uh, excuse me, Missouri, uh, I know, I, I, I know people from there, and it's Missouri, I get that. Uh, 67% of Missourians are mad. In Michigan, 63%, these are Democrats, Republicans never get mad. We get righteously indignant. Trump had never been popular in Washington State, NBC says, just winning 38% of the vote here in 2016 and just 22% in King County. But 83% of Democrats in Washington State are angry, and that's driving their decision-making. You know, I would rather not be that angry. I would rather be righteously indignant, and we are on this program, as you know, but I would rather be putting my my source of energy and my source of doing what I do and decision-making in the hands of the Lord. The Lord is my rock and my fortress. Why should we be afraid? God is there. Dear Gary, I know these are hard times, so here's an extra few dollars to help. My wife and I start our morning prayers after your service. Thank you. Oh, P.S., you can use our name. Thank you, Bill and Sylvia. Appreciate that. And thank you to all of you who support us. Yeah, these are tough times. and There's there's things that are going on now that we have to deal with that are different. There's always... 
I got to tell you, I, I got to be honest with you. It'd be easier just to come on and sort of talk in soft terms and not say a lot. It, it is easier. And I understand why some do that. That simply isn't what God has called me to do at this point in my life. In fact, at no point in my life, my wife would, would affirm that. We've always tried to speak to the culture in meaningful terms and do so from the word of God. And I want to thank you for supporting that effort. Because there are some that not only don't support it, they work toward the time when we won't be saying what we say on the air or anywhere else for that matter. So thank you so much. I need your support. You are essential to what we're doing here. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, 98009. As this coronavirus is often referred to as the Wuhan virus or the Chinese virus, continues to kill people globally, the virus has found a new life. And I want to talk to you just for a little bit about that today. Political correctness, propaganda machines have seized the germ, the coronavirus, distracting from the real second life of the virus. This is not only challenging our health, not just the elderly in the nursing home in Kirkland, Washington, but elsewhere. But it is beyond that. It is also poising to disrupt the United States pharmaceutical supply chain. And I want to talk to you about that very directly today because I know there are people who do not believe in taking medications and aspirin for a headache or whatever. I personally believe that God heals. I believe that God can heal someone instantaneously. I've seen it in America. I've seen it all over the world. I've seen it in Africa and Asia and elsewhere. God heals. He does. But I also believe that God has given us knowledge to develop certain things. And I see healing coming to people in many different ways through the hands of the surgeon, through the medications that we God gives us the wisdom. All things belong to God. Everything belongs to God. God is truth. And so what we have to enhance and help our lives in the way of like medical research and so on, I see that as a gift from God. That's where I'm coming from personally. And I praise him and I thank him for it. So in that context, we are looking at a major disruption or the possibility of it in our medical and pharmaceutical supply chain. And this is almost everything that can be done is being done to cover the truth of this whole issue of this virus. Even though Asian media has been referring to it as the Wuhan virus ever since it became public, even though China has known about it for more than a year, that's verified, even though Asian media has been calling it Wuhan virus, now the U.S. media is demanding that their reporters never use that word Wuhan or Chinese virus. They say it's politically incorrect. Honest, they do. NBC is leading, but others are following. Ironically, this reveals the ignorance behind this great race away from common sense. They're calling it racist. Oh, the usuals are sounding off 
Ocasio-Cortez, she claimed last night that if you're not, uh, she wrote a, a, a tweet, I think it was. She said, if you're not eating in Chinese restaurants, I guess people aren't going to Chinese restaurants. I mean, in mass across the country, especially in Seattle, but elsewhere. She said, if you're not eating in Chinese restaurants, it's because you are a racist. She is an elected official of the United States Congress. But she's not the only one. Others are saying this. Ilan Omar, the, the, the Muslim in our Congress, one of them, she was going after Kevin McCarthy, who's the minority leader in the House for the Republicans. He had used the word Chinese coronavirus. And she was going after him like, I mean, like it was life and death. I wish she would treat abortionists the same way, but they don't. I mean, this political correctness is starting to get its cold, clammy hands around the throat of the culture again over this issue. I'll tell you, it's unbelievable. This virus was first discovered in Wuhan, China. Do they not know? I know this. And if I know it, they certainly should know it. Ebola was named after a river close to where the outbreak took place in Africa. Lyme disease was named after a Connecticut town that experienced an outbreak in 1975. The Zika virus was named after a forest in Uganda. The Marburg forest uh, virus was first discovered in Marburg, Germany. The West Nile virus is what causes West Nile fever. And Legionnaire's disease is named that because the first notable outbreak killed a bunch of people at an American Legion convention in, Phil- in Philadelphia back in 1976. By now, the American media has evolved to where nothing can be really what it is. Truth does not have a chance in front of them as far as they're concerned. It all has to be run through the filter of political correctness. The Wuhan virus has also become a propaganda tool. There's no examples needed on how the Democrats are trying to make it the Trump virus. I mean, every day they get up and try to do it. They're celebrating the fact that the stock market is gyrating a thousand points in a day. They're celebrating that. They don't really love America. They are obsessed by their own worldview. And that is a secular worldview that moves God out of the picture and puts human or humanist ideas in God's place on the throne of people's lives. That's what we're looking at here today. The Jerusalem Post had an article yesterday, and the Jerusalem Post is saying that the Iranian regime has taken the next step in propagandizing the Wuhan virus. They are saying, reporting in Iran, telling the people there that this disease was created by the Zionists who want to start a war with Iran and wipe us out. Boy, I don't know. They're trying to distract their people in the world from the way that the regime unsuccessfully tried to hide the fact that they even had the virus when it was out of control in their country. It's the same thing China did. The virus has shined the light on how dysfunctional globalism really is. And I've talked about that so often on this program. Globalism is not God's will. I'll come back to that in a moment. But this Wuhan virus has the potential of having a second life. Not only what we see happening before us, people contracting it and and the elderly with underlying medical conditions, as they say, many of them are dying. And it's very sad and it's very, very important that we pray and that we do the right things and follow the right you know, health procedures and so on. 
But in 2018, the Alliance for American uh, Manufacturing published an article that was basically in response to what Trump had been saying in 2017. The newly formed Trump administration following the 2016 election was asking how the United States had become so dependent on China for our drugs. This is before the the press had taken such a hard resistance to Trump. I mean, they were resisting him, but they were shocked that he won. But this was before they had taken the, the, I mean, they're dug in now. They, They will not give this man a break. I mean, they just won't. And this was before that, and there were several major newspapers, and I don't have time to go through each one, but I looked at them yesterday before I even made this statement today. They were, they were quoting him. Today, they would not quote him. They just wouldn't, or they would, they would bend it a different direction. But they were quoting him because he was raising questions initially when he was just getting his administration in place. He said, how did we get to this place where we're so dependent on China for our pharmaceuticals, for our drugs? Well, the industry started responding, and one of those responses in 2018 was the Alliance for American Manufacturing um, Organization. They published an article called China is Quietly Becoming the World's Pharmacy, and there are big risks. The article notes that there's growing concern, this was 2018, that pharmaceuticals from China are not safe, The FDA was, at that time, at least missing contaminants in China's drugs, and they were showing up in health risks for Americans. You probably remember that. It was in the news that there were these health risks. There were cancer-causing, you know, agents found in some of the, I think it was blood pressure medication and one thing or another. And anyway, they were sounding the alarm about the growing dependence that America has on Chinese drug making. Chinese wasn't developing the drugs, but they were making the drugs. Many of the drugs that Americans depend on, they said in this article, including, I'm quoting them, birth control pills, antibiotics like penicillin, vitamin C, even cancer drugs, are made in China with little regulation. The experts in the article concluded that, quote, outsourcing of America's medicine uh, making is so complex that it seems impossible to ensure that they are safe. Others in the medical field were expressing the same concerns. Well, fast forward. In February 14th of 2020, that's what, three weeks ago, approximately, just as this global pandemic, as it is becoming, this global public was becoming aware of the Wuhan virus, Marsha Blackburn, she's a Republican senator from Tennessee. She serves on the Senate Committee, Science and Transportation Committee, and the Senate Armed Forces Committee, and she is a committed Christian. She wrote an article and I saw it at the time it was published. The, uh, the coronavirus outbreak exposes the U.S.'s pharma supply chain vulnerability. I wrote an article about this with these facts today, and I, I have put a link to her entire article. I would encourage you to go to that, faithandfreedom.us. Read her article. Blackburn, she's a committed Christian. She notes that we have become complacent about healthcare emergencies like the coronavirus outbreak because she said it's been 50 years since the last federal quarantine was issued to control a deadly smallpox outbreak. She notes that last October 2019, Dr. Janet Woodcock, and you may recognize that name because she's in the news now. I've seen her in several news uh, uh, briefings. Uh, I think even with 
Vice President Pence. I'm not sure that was her, but I've seen her in several recently. Anyway, she's quoting, uh, Blackburn is quoting, Senator Blackburn is quoting this Dr. Janet Woodcock. She's the director of the FDA's Center for Drug Evaluation and Research. And she testified before Congress in October of 2019 that the United States, quote, has become a world leader in drug discovery and development, but is no longer in the forefront of drug manufacturing. She said at least 72% of the manufacturing takes place outside the U.S., and the number of APIs, or that's the place where they put these pills together in China, has more than doubled since 2010. She strongly urges that Congress and federal agencies start now, that was October of 2019, to take the necessary steps to bring this industry home to the United States. She was agreeing with what Trump was saying then. Blackburn says, and I quote her, Senator, the status quo has made us vulnerable. The fix, however, is sitting right in front of us. If we fail to act, we place our collective future in the hands of companies that operate entirely in the shadows. She said it could be years before our next drug shortage or public health crisis puts Americans' health and safety at risk. But would you bet your life on that? Well, <laughs> that was just less than a month ago. Now I don't think anybody wants to bet their life on that. Now we're being told that it's entirely possible that the virus impact, particularly on China, may in fact disrupt America's supply of much-needed drugs, particularly for the elderly. What the press is doing now, and I've, I've observed this over the last three days, what the press is doing now, they're starting to highlight that there may be a disruption in our phar pharmaceutical supply chain for all these reasons that I just given and more that support this. And now they're saying... Why, I'm quoting, why hasn't the Trump administration addressed this? Why have they waited until now to sound the alarm? The Bible advocates, <laughs> you can fill in the blank. The Bible teaches that God is not a globalist. I've talked about that on this program before. I preached about it as a pastor from the pulpit. I've done a great deal of research on it. The Bible clearly is for borders, countries, national sovereignty. God created it that way because that is the way that God has chosen to order the human race on this earth at this time in our history. There is another time coming when Christ returns, and the book of Revelation is very clear on that as other prophetic books in the, in the Old Testament and the New Testament. But... For now, God has ordered it to be that way, and there's just endless verses in the Old Testament that support that. And I, I've gone through that before and perhaps will again. But in Acts chapter 17, verses 26 and 27, the word of the Lord says, And he has made from one blood every nation of men to dwell on all the face of the earth, and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwellings so that they should seek the Lord in the hope that they might seek or grope is the actual word for him and find him, though he is not far from each of us. God has designed civilization the way he has, so there will be order and so that he can reach people with his unending love. That's what it's about. Globalism is not of God, and it leads us to times exactly 
like we're talking about right now. Globalism doesn't work. The Antichrist will prove that. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'll see you tomorrow.